0: hello everybody and welcome to the crypto hipsters chronicles this is your host Jamil hassan the crypto hipster where from the period of time of march 2021 through june 2022 i interviewed 182 founders executives entrepreneurs artists and authors from over 50 different countries and built a global audience in 165 countries while posting and producing my podcast at the Irish Tech News platform. Since then, I realized there's a lot of incredible content in the interviews that I had. And my interviews were thought leadership podcast interviews that had amazing gems, amazing gems from um, all the guests that I was able to interview. And so, I've chosen and decided to create the uh, Crypto Hipsters Chronicles series, which is a series of the gems, the, the little tiny pieces from each of the interviews that I had in the areas of Bitcoin, Ethereum, metaverses, NFTs, regulatory issues in crypto globally, art and you name it across the wide spectrum of different verticals in blockchain and crypto industry and in fintech and mobility and sustainability as well. Uh, These are about 15 minutes long, each uh, chronicle, and has three, four, or five different segments from different interviews. So I hope you enjoy them. Uh, I hope you have uh, learned a lot. And if you'd like to um, listen to the full podcasts, they are available online at both the Irish Tech News um, and on Anchor and uh in a future date will be available on the crypto hipsters station as well so please enjoy and uh talk to you soon welcome to crypto hipsters chronicles episode 35 a critical look for us beyond just web 3.0 this Chronicles episode is a compilation of segments from four interviews. The first is with Jeremy Lindblad, who is the Director of Business Development at Lindblad Expeditions, and at the time, the co-founder of Chibi Dinos, an NFT, a Web 3.0. Second is Liz Yang, who is a member of the growth team at Definity. Third, Eric Ma, who is the chief evangelist and former CMO at Deeper Network. And fourth is John DeVadas, who is the founder of NGD Enterprises.
1: Enjoy. may
0: is mental health awareness month okay and we recently saw some tragedies and just this one, just a week you know um, with the shooting at an elementary school and then previous week a shooting at buffalo and we've had you know a lot of events so far this year you know re- surrounding centering around violence right my question to you is why no matter how bad things you know may seem in the current moment you know uh, why should people view their life journey as an expedition and not as a panic room and how do they get there
2: you know that's that's a, a it's a it's a very thoughtful question by the way and thank you for that um it's been a tough week uh it's well it's been a tough very long time but but this week especially i've got a four year old and a two year old um and my wife was actually traveling this week for work and um i I was terrified even just taking them to school, and I know that sounds silly, and I know that we can't live our lives that way. But, but it's tough. the The world is a is a scary place sometimes. That being said, we need to be out there and experiencing things. Um, the second that we don't um, look each other in the eyes, uh, run past each other in the streets, um, ask each other questions, and we stay in that quote unquote panic room that you that you were referencing um the chance for for having uh, um, mental issues uh exacerbated have to increase i would think i'm not i'm not a doctor but um i know b- b- for myself if i if i get it too in my own head and i do not share things with people and experience things and and be outdoors <laughs> to be completely honest um i know things get worse for me so life is is 100% an expedition the longer that we uh that we can ride that 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 trip uh I think the better that this whole world will be because shared experiences are important. Um, trying new things is are, is an is an important thing to do, and and uh, and 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 being uh, a human being that sees other human beings and reacts with other human beings is 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 incredibly important. So, um, and again, my my hearts and prayers go out to to anyone that's affected with with these issues, um, and uh what, what we've seen in America, at least is is pretty appalling in terms of how we respond to it. Personally speaking, I'll share the same sentiment um, and.
0: You know that that you, you brought up 2 words there, you brought up shared experiences. Right um, how can the shared experiences lessons, you know, from what you've done in your career and now from Chibi Dinos. How can the shared experiences make a difference when in in crypto and gaming and community building?
2: Uh, you know it's 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 pretty amazing. I I look at our our Discord channel. So we have we have a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. We have a community of about twenty two thousand on Discord. Um, so shared experience don't necessarily have to be in real life, right? There are there are ways in which you can have those shared experiences digitally. I wake up in the morning. First thing I do is to see if my kids are awake yet, but then once I once I do that, I hop on discord and I noticed the, the 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 kindness and the excitement that people have just to tell each other good morning. Um, I, I think when things get, go wrong, the ups and the downs, Um, when somebody has a really big win in something, I you know, uh, we had somebody who recently graduated and shared a graduation photo in, in our discord and it's like the whole community was. Was with open arms, sharing as much love as possible, and then when something in crypto, like when Luna crashed, you know, my chief financial officer lost ninety percent of his money right there. Um, and there were a lot of people in our community that had the same thing happen. And 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 what's amazing is to 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 be able to lean on other people, both in real life and and especially if you've got a safe digital space like our Discord uh, community. Um, you know, uh, having somebody that, uh, that, that, that you can relate to means everything and having having somebody that that can give you an opinion on something that you might not have even asked for. Um, it can be valuable at times.
0: The Internet today is well, what it is, what is the Internet today? Actually, you know, and how has it been transformed mm-hmm. from the original version of what it was supposed to be?
3: Yeah, that is a fantastic question, and it's something that I I love talking about. So, um, you know, if you you go on crypto Twitter, you'll see a lot of people making reference to Web3, but I think for newcomers, maybe to the space, they don't really understand the context of what that is. You know, like, what is, if if there's Web3, then like, what's Web1 or what's Web2? So, the way I think about it is that Web 1 was the read-only version of the web, the first iteration of the web, which consisted mostly of sites serving static content, like text and images, without a lot of uh, richness or interactivity. And I would say the main players then were mostly developers and you're like creating like a site via GeoCities or whatever it might be. Um, The next stage is Web 2, which is what is called the read or write web. Um, So this is the iteration of the web most people are familiar with. So you don't have to be a developer to be able to participate in this version of the web. So, you know, as a user, you can upload content to TikTok or Twitter or Facebook and, you know, potentially have millions of people see it. So the problem here is that value has accrued disproportionately to a handful of tech companies. And this is because of the current incentive structures that exist. So the the framework is usually as follows. Like a company will launch an app um, with a free product, they'll onboard as many users as possible. And then at some point they'll have to monetize because either they've taken venture funding or they have investors that they have to show results to. And with Web2, there really only are a handful of monetization models, right? So you can sell advertisements or you can sell personal data. Um, and I think we've all seen the dangers of what happens in terms of value accruing to big tech companies in terms of our personal information because advertisements become increasingly personalized, I think with unintended consequences, especially at scale. So a really good example of this is um, Cambridge Analytica a couple of years back they contributed to targeted advertising to manipulate um, an election in Trinidad and Tobago. So essentially there was one political party that created an ad campaign to encourage youth of the opposing party not to vote, but the insidious thing is that they disguised it as a grassroots youth campaign and it really did influence the results of the election. Um, So to recap, in terms of Web 2, couple of problems. So number one, value doesn't accrue to the user. So for me as a user, no matter how much I'm using these platforms, like no matter how much time I spend on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be, like nothing happens to me, right? Like I'm not like earning points. I'm (laughs) like, there's not really like additional benefits for me. Whereas the platforms which are increasing their user base are able to monetize on the data essentially that um, we've given them. Uh, number two, this version of the web is centralized, <clears throat> which means that content can be removed and censored at the platform creators' you know sort of like arbitrary decisions. So as a user, I also don't really have a say in terms of um, if a decision has been made by a platform that I don't agree with, because I have no mechanism of of governance or anything like that. And then last. There are a lot of privacy issues because users don't control their data, and I think we've all seen the headlines around privacy breaches and so on and so forth. So that brings us to um, Web3 today, which is what is called like the read-write-own-web. So Web3 applications run on decentralized networks of many nodes. They run on the blockchain. Um, Where cryptocurrency comes in is that it provides financial incentives native to the Internet for those who want to participate in this new kind of economy. So for users of these applications, they can not only contribute content, but actually have ownership in the apps and the platforms that they use, which means that value accrues to the user. Um, And the way this works is that um, on an infrastructure level, there's tokens governing, governing how protocols function. They reward participants at many levels of the network. So if you're like a validator, um of a note at the at the protocol level you're rewarded in tokens if you're a user you're also rewarded in tokens as well um, for using applications through mechanisms like airdrops which enable you to have tokens um, representing ownership in the platform which allows you to have a say in the platform and applications that you use as well as reap the financial benefits of um, the appreciation and the token price I want
0: to talk to at a, at a broader level uh, regarding that web 3.0 and, and say you know I have recently been reading some research reports and one from Freedom House they published their annual report called freedom on the net 2020 the pandemics digital shadow now one of the arguments in that report is that rising cyber sovereignty threatens to further splinter the internet with China and also Iran but China having the greatest firewall in the world What role does deeper network play in cyber sovereignty and how could your project dissolve the firewall or sovereignty barriers that connect the global decentralized market?
3: Right. Well,
4: um, from my experience with the Great Firewall, um, you know, I traveled extensively throughout um, the world when I was with, especially when I was uh, with CoinMarketCap, that was before COVID and um, i did travel to to china a few times and um the great firewall was an issue and at that time i didn't have a deeper connect even though it was already developed and i was just starting to get to know the program uh the 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 company and um the first time i went there i i I bought a vpn and one of my colleagues said hey buy this particular vpn it'll work there when i got there because of the Hong Kong protests they the government of China had actually amped up uh, what they were blocking. So my VPN that I purchased didn't work at all. So I was unable to, to access my, all my uh, Google and all my stuff that I was um, working on at, at CoinMarketCap for you know about a week. And it was a huge issue. And, um, with, and while I was there, I, they actually sent me, uh, Deeper Network sent me a, a Deeper Connect unit. And I plugged it in. I didn't even have to do anything and right away I was able to to access all that and basically what they do is they tunnel through the firewall. And um, I was able to to gain access to all my work stuff. So, right away, I was like, I was, I was like blown away about how easy that was. Uh, I didn't have to do any setup or anything like that. So, uh, it is a little bit of a a sensitive subject in the sense that. The great firewall, if we were to advertise it so blatantly. And so, in the, in the face of China, uh, it it would actually hurt our projects. So. um, Because of of what you're talking about the sovereignty and aspect of it. Um, this is a product that can really. Break down the whole entire firewall of, of China. However. Uh, we will, we still have to be careful how we market it in China. So the market's a little bit different there. Um, we do have some great partnerships uh, with China. Um, I, I can't mention, not not with the government of China, I'm sorry, some telecommunication uh, companies there, some big ones there, and as well as um, some others who are very interested in our, our product. But uh, it, it's kind of on the DL because of the government. And we market it differently there in the sense that we really don't um market the 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 fire i'm sorry the d p n aspect of it. we really market the security aspect. It's the enterprise security uh that is also highly sought by many uh people as well, you know with the more and more uh remote work and working from home. people's security at home is not near robust enough. Uh, as compared to some uh, networks at the company, so by having a deeper connect um, device, they're able to bring enterprise-grade security into their home and protect all their, you know, information as well as uh, crypto and uh, from hacks and all that kind of stuff. So that is a highly sought feature that uh, we are more focused on, um, and also the the sharing economy um, in China. So. That's how we kind of approach it there,
0: how can we harness blockchain technology to create a more secure, equitable and functional society?
1: Thank you, sir, for asking the question. And this is something goes back to my fundamental belief system and conviction. Uh, We know, we know, I think we've seen enough in history of the risks and dangerous intrinsic and centralized systems and centralized institutions i believe uh, our only opportunity collectively as humanity is to push for decentralization Now, with that said you know you've been in aig i've been in big companies there is no silver bullet there is never a silver bullet and so people who try to believe you know portray this as a perfect solution are also part of the problem in their own way Right. I believe the way we we see this is we have to push for decentralization to the edge to the edge could be, you know, institutions could be individuals. Why not? Because the more people say, well, X is decentralized and Y is not. To me, this is a a bullshit game. Unless and until truly the individual is at the center, uh, we, we cannot say, you know, anybody is decentralized. And so I believe. This is the only shot we have at giving rights and opportunities back to the individual back to the human being at the center uh now is this the uh, the only way at this point i believe this is the best opportunity we have i'm not saying this is the only but this is the best opportunity we have and if we mess this up we might not have another opportunity because there's something i learned many years ago A, a, a good mentor of mine told me he said john When social trends, economic trends, and technology trends come together, magic happens, right? Social, economic, and technology trends come together. That is what we are seeing happen right now in the blockchain slash crypto sector. And so we have a unique opportunity to capitalize on it and build something for the better. Who knows when this next intersection of social, economic, and technology factors might come into play I don't know I'm gonna ask you to delve to dive a little bit into that what social economic and technology advancements are you seeing Uh, so I'm not saying advancements what I'm saying is catalysts friends drivers if you will so you look at economics you know you look at the state of the existing traditional financial system you look at you know, the fiat model, you look at central banking, which over 100 years appears to be hitting its limit. You look at social, you look at the unrest, you look at the dissatisfaction of individuals and, and, and human beings with the state of affairs. You look at technology, this magical time when you have the foundation that Satoshi built and others like Vitalik have you know taken to the next level. And that's how I see these coming together. You know, we don't see this too often. And so looking at this confluence, this intersection, sort of inflection point, if you will, uh, is what is how I see the the three uh three motivations kind of intersecting. Like a perfect story. Yes, <laughs> in a good way, we hope. In a good way.
4: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah right because you know you, you see technology trends a lot i mean we've seen in the last decade 20 years i mean technology you know waves come and go we've seen economic waves come and go but rarely do we see all three right looking looking for better solutions looking for better answers and this i believe we all share as human beings as individuals wherever we are whichever culture society country nation state i think we share this sense of this can be better. This is not the best we can do as human beings. This cannot be. And that's why I'm in blockchain too, um, for that reason. And, and I, so, I think we're in this for the same reason then. Yes, absolutely. Because we see an opportunity here. We see a possibility.